If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coffee in California Politics. Uh, as we do every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. on Instagram, uh, we sit, we chat, we talk about California politics over coffee. And there's a lot to talk about this past week, a lot going on. Um, so much so that there's actually two big topics. Usually I, I like to start off with one topic and focus on that. But uh, today it's going to be two different topics that we want to talk about. For, we're going to talk about, obviously, the maskless charade that was going on at the NFC Championship game in L.A., uh, with all the politicians and celebrities. And I'm not even really mad about celebrities. We already knew about celebrities. They can't really do anything about it besides parrot the um, talking points of a lot of their favorite politicians. Uh, I guess the real big controversy was what happened with Noodles and, and his picture with Magic Johnson. And obviously we saw the mayor of San Francisco, London Breach, who was taking pictures all over the LA stadium without a mask on as well as uh, mayor Eric Garcetti, who is the mayor of LA and he should know of anyone more than anyone that there are mask policies in place because he's one of the biggest proponents of it in LA, LA and San Francisco being one of the most locked down restrictive areas when it comes to fighting the COVID. Um, so the two of them kind of flouting, and I learned this before, this is just a little grammar lesson, flouting and flouting are not the same thing. A lot of people get those confused. Flouting means you're showing off something. Flouting means you're doing something in defiance of something. So if you're flouting the rules, you are defying the rules. If you're flouting the rules, you're showing off the rules. So just a little bit of a grammar lesson, a little trivia for you there. Uh, so there's a lot to get to today. If you have any questions, we're going to get to them in a little bit. Usually uh, halfway through the show, we, talk, uh, we take some questions. We talk about what's going on, what people are thinking about. Um, some announcements that are need to get out of the way. Obviously, if you haven't seen already, in honor of Noodles being caught massless with Magic Johnson, there is a new T-shirt in the store which says, if my, if my governor's face looks like this, then my face is going to look like this. And you can go check it out. Uh, dropped yesterday so you can get it in a t-shirt a women's tee and a sweatshirt um, so you can show off to people well if the governor is going to look like this then my face is going to look like this so get them while they're there uh, also another thing is another product drop that just happened was i'm happy to be joining with the california women's league um, uh, leaders association california women's leaders association uh, we're going to partner up and uh there's this new shirt that was just dropped. It was the BAM shirt. If you don't know, BAM is a term that I came up with to talk about the badass moms. Because in reality, a lot of the, the, the activism and pushback, a lot of it I've seen is from moms when it's coming down to it. And it's a lot of uh, badass moms who are going out there fighting for their kids, fighting for their families. So um, I came out with the shirt, bam. And I said, Hey, I wanted to use it to promote women leaders and get more women leaders out there. If you want to check them out, California women's leaders association, C W L a U S is their username here on Instagram. They're a nonprofit. You can check them out, uh, get involved. They want to promote women leaders. If you want to become a women, a woman leader, go check them out and say, Hey, I want to get involved. Um, so run by some really great women that I know who are out there kicking ass, uh, so yeah, bam, t-shirt, all of the proceeds, every, all the, all the profits are going donated directly to the California women's leadership association. So definitely check it out. Uh, there's a bunch of different options for, for women. Um, I didn't even, you know, I, it's just women obviously. Um, because if you're a badass mom, we all know, I don't want to get kicked off YouTube or, uh, any of the podcast or instagram or anything like that so yeah mad respect to the bams out there california cwla dot usa or usa let me see do that again c w l a u s that's their instagram so you can just put that in or california women's leaders association so that's the announcements um for right now i'm also wearing the elites hate you sweatshirt in honor of the fact that last week our first topic right off the top 
is obviously how if you were watching the NFC championship game, um, you notice there was a shot. Um, and if you didn't watch the game, I'll give you a little background. What, what, what happened? Uh, they wanted to show off how many celebrities were there in LA. And I don't think Fox really realized what they were getting themselves into by doing this. And they showed all the people who were there to be like, Hey, it's LA. It's Hollywood. This is where all the celebs are. You know, the stars are out here in LA. Uh, so they showed Jessica Alba, no mask, uh, Cedric, the entertainer, no mask, uh, Leo DiCaprio was doing his best chin diaper, um, which in that sense kind of feels really insulting. Like just take it off or, you know, the whole chin diaper thing doesn't really, I don't really understand that. Um, and then they showed magic Johnson who was high-fiving and hugging a man. And then someone had sent me a screenshot and said, Hey, does that look like Gavin Newsom? And I was like, yeah, it kind of does. He does wear that sort of trucker hat with the white hat and stuff like that, but you can only see him from the back. And I had posted and said, Hey, does that look like Gavin Newsom? Um, hugging Magic Johnson in that shot. Sure enough, Magic Johnson blew the lid off of everything, and Magic Johnson, I don't think, realized what he was going to stir up by doing this, posted on his Instagram that he had seen Gavin Newsom, and he took a picture with him. Um, and he also, likewise, he also took a picture with London Breed, who's the mayor of San Francisco, and Eric Garcetti, who is the mayor of Los Angeles. So you have three of the top politicians, three of the top Democratic politicians, some of the most powerful Democratic state politicians here in California. We're all pictured without wearing masks. Um, Gavin Newsom was obviously the most flagrant. Uh, everyone said, again, here we go with Gavin Newsom not wearing a mask, uh, even though the rules in L.A. I remember just not too long ago, they had announced that for the Super Bowl, they're going to use taxpayer money to buy everybody an N95 mask and everyone's going to be required to wear this N95 mask. Now, as I was watching the game, I was happy to see that like a lot of people weren't really listening to it. A lot of people were just enjoying the game. They're smiling. They're having a good time. So I don't really care if you don't want to wear a mask and I am all for it. Like at this point, I think a lot of people are just sort of over it. Like I've said down here in San Diego, I see a lot more non-compliance than I see. I used to see like the first go around, there's a lot more non-compliance and there's a lot more people who just don't really care. There's a lot of people who aren't being the mask police, a lot of people who just aren't really jumping down people's throats about it. Um, but I think it's the hypocrisy is that you are supposed to be the person who is putting out these rules and leading by example. Um, and his presser was even more conflicting and even more of a doubling down where he says, he almost defended and says saying like, yeah, you know, it, it wasn't great. I shouldn't, you know, I, I know I made a small mistake. And I know that taking your mask off when you take a picture is still not a reasonable um, exception. Why you should take your mask off. I mean, Magic Johnson was just not wearing a mask. Um, there were a lot of celebrities who were just not wearing masks. Um, but for him to double down and say someone already nailed it, he was being judicious about wearing his mask all the time when he took even a sip of water you know he said oh the only time i ever took it off was when i was having a, a drink of my water you know a glass of water or or what have you and in reality we know that probably it wasn't just water he was probably eating and then there was pictures right after that press conference there were pictures of him sitting in his seat with the whole mask hanging off his ear so again he's caught in a lie where he says Oh, I, I, I only took it off because Magic Johnson asked me graciously to, to take a picture with him. I was very happy to take a picture with Magic Johnson. Um, you know, I took it right off as soon as he asked. When in reality, you could see the video of him walking up to Magic Johnson. He didn't have a mask on then. He doesn't have a mask. He said he had it in his left hand. You can look at the picture. He didn't have anything in his left hand. Um, so it's more hypocrisy. And a lot of people are here's where I land on why this is important and why this really does kind of make a difference. A lot of people had talked to me and DM me and said, I don't really understand. Like, what's the big deal? It's, it's just a mask. Like it's not really going to move the needle that much. Right. It does move the needle with some people. I think it does move the needle with some people because there are people who are independents. There are obviously the Republicans are all going to jump all over it use it as their own for an election year and show him not wearing a mask in a LA Rams NFC championship game. Um, 
but it does kind of wake up some other people. There are some other people whose kids are still going to school with masks on who are still required to wear a mask even outside when they're at recess. Um, and for, I guess, Gavin Newsom to be caught not wearing a mask in a stadium full of 80,000 people, 80,000 strangers, hugging it up, yucking it up. And same thing with Mayor London Breed and the mayor of, of, of L.A., Eric Garcetti. It doesn't a lot of people will be like, well, it doesn't really make a difference. Democrats will still vote for him. Does it change the needle a little bit, though? And I w- that's a question I guess you want to respond in the chat. You can go right ahead. I think it does. I think it does move the needle a little bit for a lot of those people, a lot of people who are independents, um, because they may look at this and say, this doesn't make any sense anymore. And I don't understand, especially when it comes to kids, you know, before when he was caught in the French laundry, it looked bad because it looked very Marie Antoinette of I get to go out to dinner. I get to go to these fancy restaurants. I'm not going to wear a mask. Uh, we're all together inside when you weren't when most of California was prevented from being dining inside. And it didn't involve kids at that point because kids were virtual. The big difference now is now kids are in school. And this kind of ties in with the whole idea of BAMs and badass moms who are going out there and making the change and changing California and pushing back and starting the resistance. It makes a big difference when all of a sudden you're looking at your governor who you may have voted to keep flouting. Remember, it's flouting, not flaunting, flouting the rules that were put in place by your state mandate. And that becomes sort of a driving issue. Wait a second. You're in a big game yucking it up, having a grand old time, but my kids can't go to school without a mask on. And I think that does move the needle for some parents. And I think that moves the needle enough to make differences in a lot of these races. And I think it makes a difference that people look at this, um, that they say, hey, do I really believe a lot of the stuff that they're pushing and a lot of stuff that my kids are being subjected to right now? And it does question. And you got to remember, in California, every little win you can get where you can change a couple minds is a win. It's a big win. And not everything is going to be a wave. Not everything's going to be an overnight success. This isn't a movie. There's not some big battle at the end where where the good guys win and the bad guys lose and we all run off into the sunset and there's a happy ending. I think a lot of this slowly changes over time. And one of my favorite historical ways to kind of represent this is the American revolution itself. The American revolution didn't happen overnight. It's not like all of a sudden they woke up and went, Hey, we don't want to be a part of Britain anymore. It took many, many, many years for an American revolution to even happen. There were different tax acts. There was the stamp acts. There was the sugar tax act. There was a lot of these different taxes that slowly kind of degraded people more and more. And some people may have been fine with it in the beginning. So, well, this is the tax we pay to be under the protection of the king, the most powerful empire. This is what we do. Um, But it took many, many years for this to happen. Slowly over time, people started to be a little bit more infuriated to the point where they said, I don't want to do this anymore and I'm going to push back. So that's one way to look at it is that the, the American Revolution, I'm not saying we're headed towards revolution. I'm saying big societal and political change does take a while. Um, everybody wants it to happen overnight. Everybody wants to happen in one election cycle, which is why I always add, you know, I always advocate things have to change by slowly taking a seat, uh, you know, a, a handful of seats here, changing someone here, increasing the registration over here and over years that has a compounding effect whereby in the end you look back and go, you know, 10 years down the line or five or 10 years down the line, you look back and go, wow, how did we get here? Well, because for five or 10 years, we've been putting in the work. We've been putting in the work to get this done. And stuff like this does make a difference. It makes enough of a difference that it's another infraction. It's another insult. Uh, It's in Italian, we call it an infamnia, where it's like it's another insult to you. Um, That people will look at this and go, wait a second. This doesn't make any sense why the governor and the mayors and celebrities all get put on national TV, mind you. Right. Like they were all featured on national TV, regardless of their mass status. And again, I don't think Fox really thought about this when they put it in, when they put this in the game. I don't think they really expected the blowback they were going to get. 
Um, but they definitely started something where people are going to, and now it'll be interesting to see what it looks like at the Super Bowl. And I doubt that the Super Bowl is going to have as much compliance as they think it should. Um, there's a lot of people, 80,000 people is a lot of people to really, to stay on top of. It doesn't matter how many people you have. And 80,000 rowdy people is not going to be easy to keep a hold of, especially if everybody has a beer or is eating or, or something that says, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to eat or drink. There are a lot of people who just weren't wearing masks at all. And, and God bless them for it. I don't, I think that's how it should be. Just don't wear them. Um, so the compliance will be different for the optics when it comes to the Super Bowl. But in, in the end, does this make a difference politically? I think it does. And, and I think it changes enough people to look at this and go, why am, I subs- why am I supporting these politicians who tell me to do one thing and at the end of the day tell me and my kids, more importantly, my kids have to do something. And then at the end of the day, they don't do the same exact thing. They don't listen to their own rules. And that's where I think the change comes from. It comes from little bit by little bit. And I think California is on this trajectory right now where there's been infraction, 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 a little bit by little bit. The recall is part of it. Um, one reason why I wanted to recall, even if it lost, I wanted it to be much closer was so that it did put the fear of God into Newsom. And it did show that there were a lot of people who were fed up with them. Um, but it didn't end up like that. That's a whole different story. I mean, we can get into that another time. I've already made my opinion about why I think the, the recall was so blown out. Um, but I think this does make a difference and I think it's worth noting. And I think it's worth remembering, um, hence why I put it on a t-shirt to kind of, if you want to walk around and tell people like, Hey, my governor says it's fine to go to an a, a, a NFL game with 80,000 fans and not wear a mask next to someone who is supposedly immunocompromised. And that's fine. I, I mean, that's not science. Um, he Maybe he doesn't care if he gets caught. That's right. He doesn't care if he gets caught, but it does chip away at support and it does change things and it does change people's perceptions. So in one sense, he may say it doesn't really matter if I get caught or not. He might not see the political ramifications of it. His party may see the political ramifications of it going forward. His political career might not see the, the ramifications of it. from peop- But people on the other side who are part of his party might see the political ramifications of it going forward. And that's sort of the same thing I say about with Biden is really just let them do these things to look bad and make the party look bad overall. Don't, don't throw them a life raft. Don't throw them a life vest for them to cling on to. Um, you know, let Biden go down with the ship and, and and be as bad as he is and really just ruin the Democrat, ruin the entire Democratic Party. Now, in, in terms of Newsom's leadership and how it's hurting the Democratic Party and causing a rift in the Democratic Party, um, there is this big news, which I think is even more important, is that AB 1400 has been defeated. Well, not necessarily defeated. Um, I would say that it died to live yet another day. Um, I don't think Biden's taking us down with him. I, I, I think we're suffering now, but in the end, um, someone had mentioned Biden has taken us down with him. That's the issue. Uh, it's only been a year. I think it'll, it'll change come this year. Stagnation is good for the government. Um, anyway. AB 1400, if you're not familiar with AB 1400, is the single-payer plan. little background on what the difference is between the single-payer and the universal health care. Because there's some people who tweeted out the universal health care bill was dead. Um, that's not entirely true. That's not what was going on here. Again, coming back to Newsom and how he sort of hurt his own party and caused a little bit of a division between the far-left wing of his party and the moderate wing of his party is... There is the universal health care provision, which is what Gavin Newsom was pushing out. And universal health care was sort of like the same with Obamacare and covered California, where they're just they had the money in the budget where they could use Medi-Cal to cover people who were not under insurance so that 100 percent of eligible people could be insured. Um, so basically, it's a private public partnership where they still private insurers, but there's also this public option to kind of help pay for the private insurers. That's sort of where he was going. He that's he, that was his plan. 
And that's what he proposed when he had a press conference a couple weeks ago where he said, this is my plan. This is how budget's doing. This is how fantastic we're doing. Um, but that was his plan. And someone had asked him about single payer. And he said, well, no one has presented me the bill and I haven't seen anything really on it. And what they were referring to was this assembly bill, assembly bill 1400 and assembly bill 1400. I had a whole podcast on it, uh, read through the whole thing just to, to just to try and get out as much as possible. Um, in the end it's dead for this year. So that means there's a, the way they do it in California is a little different. They have to vote on a certain amount of bills by a certain date. That's why you get like this wave of bills right in the beginning um, is because they have to vote on a certain amount of bills by this certain time. Um, it had passed the appropriations committee and it was going to the assembly floor. That was the next step. This was the next step was this week. And this week, the guy who was carrying the bill, as they call it, the guy who's supposed to bring the bill to the floor, this assembly member, Ash Kalra of the San Jose area, was supposed to bring it to the floor. Um, but at the last minute, sort of in the 11th hour, this assembly member, Ash Kalra, um, declined and decided he would not bring the measure up for a vote at the last minute because he found out that there were not enough people who were going to support this. Now, let me say that again. There were not enough people in the California legislature that is democratically supermajority controlled there were not enough votes to support a single payer system. And he said that it would flaw, it was going to go down in flames if he brought it up to a vote, meaning they needed 41 to get it done. He said that they didn't even have double digit. They weren't even close by double digits, right? Like it was more than double digits. We're not going to support this. Um, that's pretty incredible that more than double digits. were not going to support this in a supermajority. And then this isn't right after they had said the Democrat, California Democratic Party had thrown down the gauntlet and said, if you don't support and vote for this bill, we're not going to endorse you in this upcoming election year. So if you're a Democrat running, you don't vote for single payer this year with this bill, we're not going to endorse you or support you. Now, that's a big deal because the California Democratic Party has a lot of money as we've seen in the past, they give millions of dollars out to these races, state assembly, state senate, all that stuff. And for them to say, well, we're not going to support you and we're not going to financially support you or endorse you is a big deal. Even despite that, there were not enough votes to even bring the measure or it wasn't even worth it because there weren't enough votes to even bring it to the floor. I guess they were they, this guy, Ash Cholera, was worried that if he brought it to the floor, it would go down in flames so bad that it would be an embarrassment, which I kind of wished it did get to the floor. And I wish that it went down in flames so that it would make national news that even in California, um, that there was there was not enough support in the assembly to get this through, which should send shockwaves throughout the entire nation that even in blue, blue, California, deep blue, California, there were not enough people. Um, so let's, I'm reading here from Cal matters. Um, Ash Kara, he said, I'm absolutely interested, interested in reintroducing a single payer healthcare bill next year. Um, after his controversial proposal to eliminate private insurance in favor of universal coverage died in the state assembly. Um, by this time next year, uh, Let's see. By this time next year, we should have as many as half a dozen or more legislatures currently campaign in favor of single payer health care, he said. We'll be in a much better position in terms of the foundational support. Um, yeah. So this is, again, this is why uh, I always push. It's so, so, so important to focus on your state legislature. This is why it is so absolutely crucial to focus on your state legislature. And I know it's not the sexy one and I know it's not Congress and they don't get invited to the big rallies and stuff like that. And, and you know, they don't get the most TV coverage. But this stuff right here is what makes the difference in terms of what affects your day to day life. 
Last week, it was great to have Cole Bercato on, who was running for the 38th district in the uh, California Assembly. Um, we had a great conversation. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about how important it is to focus on your assembly members. And this is what really makes California crazy. This is what makes California super kooky is stuff like this. And when there's a Democratic supermajority, this is the stuff that tries to get through. Thankfully, it didn't get through this time, but they're going to try every single year. They're going to keep pushing it and they're going to keep pushing it. Um, and every year they're going to try and push uh, this single payer bill and they're going to try and get people to support it. And they're going to try and chip away. And it's sort of like I was just saying where it doesn't happen overnight. But they chip away. So instead of maybe they don't have these moderate Democrats in there, they get more of these far left Democrats in there. Like this guy is saying, we hopefully we will get more legislature legislators who are in favor of this. And even a dozen or so makes a big difference. Then all of a sudden it passes the assembly. Now, does it have enough to pass the Senate? I don't know. I mean, that's that's still a big issue. Um, it won't be an election year. That's another thing. But it does make it that does make a difference. It's not necessarily your congressperson. It's not necessarily your person, your senator, or who's the president in the White House. This is the stuff that really does make a big difference. Um, so this guy, Ash Kalra, who was, uh, let's see, he was, he was carrying the bill. Um, and obviously not getting a lot of love from people on his side, um, Obviously, Republicans were looking to make this a election year issue. There was the big tax issue, which is probably why Newsom backed away from it, to be honest, is because he didn't want to be stuck with the the supporting a bill that raised taxes so much in an election year. It does make a difference. You know, if, if you know, people say, oh, they'll, they'll just cheat their way to reelection. If that was the case, they wouldn't really be worried about backlash. They would just ram this stuff through and not worry about it because they would just cheat and be always in power. Um, let's see, do, 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 there was one, I was, there's something else I wanted to say. Oh, the California Nurses Association, which was the main sponsor, um, slammed Kalra for providing cover for his colleagues by not holding a vote. Nurses are especially outraged that Kalra chose to not give up on patients or chose to give up on patients across the state. Nurses never give up on our patients and we'll keep fighting with our allies in the grassroots movement. Amar Shergill, chairperson of the California Democratic Party's Progressive Caucus, said he would continue with plans to pull endorsements from assembly members who did not publicly support this bill. So now we're starting to see a little bit of a civil war going on here in the California Democratic Party of who's in favor of this and who's not in favor of it. And you're seeing this in nationally, too. There is a little bit of a civil war going on in terms of the progressive Democrats and the more moderate Democrats. Um do, 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 do. During a Monday night call, he and other advocates repeatedly criticized Kalra for setting back their movement and urged him to name the members who were opposed. We are protecting them from a negative scrutiny of a no vote. Uh, Kalra said he would give more time to work on winning over colleagues who were on the fence about AB 1400 and try again next year. One prominent Democrat who did not express support of AB 1400 was Governor Gavin Newsom, who ran for office in 2018 on a platform to create a single payer system in California but has since distanced himself from that pledge. Uh, and then he talks about how he hasn't seen any. As AB 1400 marched toward defeat, the go governor remained mum. His public remarks in recent weeks focused instead on several of his own budget proposals that he said would bring universal health care to California, including the expansion of Medi-Cal, the state's health insurance program for the poor to all residents, regardless of their immigration status. Uh, Kalra said Newsom's stance undermined the bill. He told Mercury News on Tuesday that it hurts when you're trying to garner votes for a policy that the governor is brushing aside despite a priority commitment to him. Um, the distinction Newsom has drawn between universal access to health insurance and actual universal health care has also infuriated the nurses union. One of his earlier endorsers during the 2018 campaign who accused him of flip flopping on single payer. Seems unlikely to cause him much trouble in the upcoming re-election. However, where he is yet to draw a significant challenger. Um, and I'm sure sooner or later we'll see some significant challenger step up. Um, just because they haven't doesn't mean they will not step up. So, with that said, big news, single payer, dead 
in the assembly. Single payer dead for this year. We live to fight another year. We don't have to worry about single payer coming to California. And I don't even think in reality, based on the reaction to it and how it got literally no support from anybody outside of like the really far, far left progressives of California state assembly, uh, I I doubt that it's going to anytime soon. But in the meantime, it does give us enough time to start working on, as I've always said, it's time to start chipping away and getting rid of the Democratic supermajority and trying to bring an even balance back to the California legislature. Bottom line, you know, that's priority number one. You want to save California. Priority number one is you got to start flipping legislative seats. The more legislative seats you flip, the more power you have. A lot of this stuff slows down. Maybe you can get some criminal reform. Maybe you can get tough on crime, stuff like that. But it does take the work and it does take a little bit more time. And it's not going to be one savior and it's not going to be one like governor who's going to jump into the race and save everything in California. Anyway. All right. So that was my rambling on two topics for today. Now, if you have any comments or questions or topics you would like to cover, that's the point of coffee in California politics is I like to hear your chats or your ideas or something out of left field. This is all the point of this is to sit, chat and talk over coffee. So as I take a sip after rambling for about half an hour um, in other unpolitical news uh, that doesn't really affect here in California. Uh, Puxatawney Phil saw his shadow. So I guess there's six more weeks of winter. There's a question for you. I grew up on the East coast, so I, it, it was a big deal. Groundhog day was a big deal. Um, but I don't know if it's a bigger deal here in California. Um, is it a big deal in California? Was Groundhog Day a big deal in California? Because mostly it was always, there was never really winter in California. Um, so it was a big day for us. I don't know. We did, as kids, we would make the little Groundhog Day stuff. And uh, Why isn't the GOP helping with a can't to go against Newsom? Um, so here's the thing. A, candidates have to announce. And a lot of times the GOP can get behind certain people they can certainly get behind people and say hey you should run which happens a lot they'll actively recruit people or they'll say hey i think you're you're great for this you should run for this um but people have to announce like you can't just make candidates out of nowhere um out of the the people who i know who are still running for governor anthony Tremino, who was on a couple weeks ago he's running for governor uh, there's still time to announce. I think it's February or March. They have to announce and run. Um, one of our favorite people, Major Williams, has announced that he is running again. So um, that should be fun. Um, when I posted yesterday, people said, I can't believe he's still around. He's still around. He's still kicking and trying to get people to, to give him money for whatever his new thing is, whether it's, I don't know, it's uh, online courses or hikes or you know he's he's just trying to figure out whatever he can sort of make money off of um but yeah he's running for governor again uh i don't think i can confidently say he's not a major player uh the biggest name i know is anthony tremino is running um no word on like whether kevin faulkner is going to jump into the race i don't know if john cox is going to run i mean john cox has spent 20 million dollars on himself to run for governor and the most he can show for it is one election where he sort of got blown out. Um, and that's about it. Doug Oss, he's not running again because he did have some health issues. Uh, Kevin Kiley's running for, go- uh, not running for governor, he's running for Congress. Uh, so in reality, the, the GOP has to find whoever kind of steps up. And they're going to have to, they're going to do their own primary. I mean, there's going to be people who are going to show up and there's going to, you know, if there's a vacuum and there's no one there and there's, someone who can garner enough of the votes to get support from the California GOP, it's unlikely they're not going to run anybody. I mean, if they don't run anybody, that would be really embarrassing. And I think a lot of people would, if they haven't already, would stop giving money to the GOP. Excuse me. Because they would say, well, why are you even fight? You're not even putting up a fight. You don't even have someone who's going to run for governor or at least try and run for governor. Um, That's why I think there'll probably be some more bigger names that are going to come out soon in the next month or so i would i would envision 
And keep in mind, there are a lot of candidates who were from last year who are probably sitting on war chests right now that they don't have to rush out and start fundraising right away because they were already running last year for 2022. Then the recall happened um, and they ran in the recall. But then, you know, they were they still had their 2022 gubernatorial campaign committees set up. So, it, you know, there was a difference. You know, if there was a if there was the recall was a different race. Again, bring up Major Williams. He did have his 2022 race, but he forgot to be on the recall ballot. Um, so but we'll see. I, I fully expect there is going to be a bigger name who's going to jump into the race soon in the next month or so and uh, have a better idea. I don't like coffee. Why do you insist on pushing your coffee ways on us? It could be whatever you want. It could be coffee. It could be tea. Um, it could be milkshakes. I don't know. It could be water with lemon. It could be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be coffee. We're sitting. We're chatting. They're just going to give it to it. No, they're not going to just give give it to them. They're going to um. They're not just going to give it to him. So I should run. No, I'm I'm definitely not running for governor. Um. No way I'm running for governor. Social media following has nothing to do with your success out at the polls. So let's just put it out there. A lot of people, a lot of people who get, and this is, this is one of those big fallacies of running is that they think if they have a large social media following that they're doing well and that they're somehow going to win because they have a big social media following. That's not true at all. You know, 200,000 followers does not mean you have 200,000 votes banged. It means you have 200,000 people. Maybe you bought 100,000 of those followers to make your numbers look good so you can get on certain shows. Um, But social media followers does not mean you are going to you have any sort of power or or anything behind you or who's going to vote for you. They didn't support anyone during the recall. I think they stayed out of it. Um, because there were so many Republicans running and this was a big issue. This was a controversial issue that they actually had to have like a committee vote on was whether or not they were going to support someone. Now I could see both sides of the argument. One argument is if they had supported someone, they would have said, well, you didn't support the guy I like the guy you like is maybe an establishment guy. I don't like that guy or gal or whoever. And I want an outsider. So you would have pissed off a certain amount of people if you supported someone but it i think they just kind of stayed out of it to say like look let the best person run and let the best best person win i don't think they really want to get involved um it was sort of like my philosophy as well as people always ask me during the recall they said well who are you voting for who are you endorsing who are you getting behind i said it doesn't really matter who i'm endorsing because that's who i'm endorsing you go vote for who you think is best just go vote yes on the recall that's the most important thing um yeah, wasn't Major Williams trying to sell hikes or something? I, I thought I saw something about him like he was selling like you can take a hike with Major Williams. He should take a hike, but you could go on like a hike somewhere with him and listen to all his wide words. Major and Tremino are the only two running. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's more. I think Daniel Mercury is running again. Um, but in terms of like the biggest names I know is is just Tremino, really. Um, I just learned that Diego Martinez is running for California assembly. He ran for governor in a recall Diego. I'm a, I like Diego. He's been on the show plenty of times. I think that's a great move for him. He should go for it. Go run for assembly, get your feet wet, you know, learn about Sacramento, you know, get in. A lot of people don't really understand that. Um, there is, you have to play the game a little bit. Everybody, because of Trump, a lot of people think they can just be Trump and get away with it and be like, oh, I'm the outsider. I'm going to run and I'm going to Trump was an entirely different one of a kind beast. You know, he already had a pop culture following. He was already immensely popular. He had millions of people on on Twitter who were following him. Um, So he already had sort of this. He was big enough to get enough power and momentum behind him without the party apparatus that he could do what he had to do. Uh, the problem is not everybody is that way. You know, not everyone can just be the outsider and be like, I'm going to be the outsider. I'm going to come crashing in and do it. You know, it would be like, 
a good example would be like if Elon Musk tried if ran for California governor. That might be a good like outsider who's trying to run and do something different because he's got the followers, he's on Twitter, he's well known, he's got the celebrity, he's got billions of dollars in the bank, maybe, I don't know, people say he's broke, he's not broke, I don't know. I don't check his personal wealth all that much um or at all. Uh, but that's sort of the level you have to be at to kind of be the outsider to break in. But if you're just trying to get your feet wet and get into the political world, it does stay. You do have to get into the political world first and you have to make those connections. It's a lot about people, you know, in politics and who you can make connections with and how you learn about how the system works and get your name out there. And will you support me and I'll support you and we'll do this and we'll do that. And it's a lot of that's how you make things happen in politics. So I, I fully endorse that Diego Martinez um, is running. I think it's a great idea for him um, to run for assembly. So good luck to him. I can't see the GOP endorsing Anthony T. Yeah, I don't, unless he's the last one or like he's the only one standing. Um, I, I can't see him being endorsed. He'd have to do some real, real moving and shaking to really get going. He's going to have to, really get in there with the party insiders, really kind of get in there and start negotiating and, and getting his name out there to get the GOP behind him because um, I am nervous. We don't really have a big name running against Newsom. Uh, well, like I said, not yet, but uh, Daniel Mercury still running. No FPPC reports available for him. That's not a good sign. If you're not filing reports, either you're not making enough money to warn or I don't know there's something you don't want to show people I can't believe major is running again he's blocked a bunch of us just for asking honest questions yeah and remember um he, he said everything that came out about him was a lie you know it was all doctored so uh Sarah Stevens had terminated her account yeah she dropped out so a lot of people that, that that's one of the problems that um, you know, with the recalls it does bring out a lot of people. It's kind of a double edged sword. You get a lot of people who come to the table who bring a lot of ideas, a lot of interesting talking points. Um, one one of the most fascinating interviews I had and probably could have went on for like a Joe Rogan style like two or three hours was uh jenny jenny ray larue who came on she was a candidate and she was definitely someone seriously to consider she's another person who i would definitely say like go run for state assembly you know take a you're you're smart you know like she was on it she had points she knew exactly what she was talking about she could quote stats she could talk about reports um she could talk about solutions which was great she was one of the most fascinating um so it was great to have her on. And that's the kind of voices you get in a recall is you don't always get in a normal primary is you get voices like a Jenny Ray LaRue who come out and say like, hey, I want to run for governor. Here's some great points. Um, so I hope she doesn't just give up on politics. I think there's a place for her in California politics, whether it's behind the scenes, whether it's policymaking, whether it's advising, consulting or whatever, or uh, she wants to still run for something like assembly. I I think she should do it. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see. I want to go back. Someone. What really needs to be shaken up is the California GOP. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree there. Part of the reason why we're doing the Cal Republican thing is, um, we're we're trying to to change some things and change the platform. Um, bum, 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 bum. let's see. I'm going away. All the way back because I think I, I skipped. Um, I'm sorry, the coffee <laughs> coffee wasn't serious. Yeah, how do I feel like you have like a Starbucks rewards card, Camille? Like I feel like you you might have a. Um, okay, here we go. Something happened. And I, I got bounced. Anyone who blocks potential voters is no good, and Major is only the one who does it. Yeah, you're not supposed to. Um. Bu- 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 bum thoughts on any SOS candidates. Um, I don't know what that means. SOS candidates. Um, let's see. They're all buying followers. Yeah. A lot of them do buy followers. Uh, 
simply for the reason that when you buy when you have a big following it does get your foot in the door with a lot of people which is sad because you know it's not a true reflection of like who's following you or how like your reach or like whether your message is getting out um you know i'm proud to say that i've never paid one dollar one dime for a follower everybody who's followed me has shown up because they want to show up and hear what i have to say um i've never purchased followers so and i'm proud of that because i'd rather have you know, 20,000 dedicated followers, then 200,000 and only 10,000 of them are actually dedicated. And the other 190,000 are just bots or something. Uh, You have to find their spending on social media followers. Yeah, you can do that. A lot of their their reports, you'll find like social media and there's going to be a video coming out soon regarding a candidate who spent a lot of money on social media followers and stuff like that and why they have such a big number. Um, do, do, do are there any others you can please share uh like i said there's gonna be a video that's coming out soon that i'm gonna be i'm working on right now they'll be talking about one candidate the wise hike yeah it'll be the wisdom hike mass disobedience is needed in the schools my kids are not in schools but how can we do this been seeing kids being suspended for staying their ground pull them out of school you know doll if you can if you have the ability to pull them out of school homeschool them um, do whatever you can to get them out because at the end of the day, money talks. And, and when the end of the day, when there's not butts in the seat and they're not getting tax dollars or whatever, that does make a difference. So what really did it? I read that comment already. Uh, let's see. California GOP or Dems light. Um, they're not even Dems light. They're just the contrarian party. Like, um, And I've said this before plenty of times. You can't just be the contrarian party. The contrarian party never wins because you don't have a platform. And when you don't have a platform that really amplifies a positive message, a a, a message about change and and progress and hope and like something that people can really latch on to. People want to vote for a candidate because they see a better day and a better life when they vote for that candidate. That's really sort of politics 101. And a lot of the times Republicans run on this, well, I'm not them. Okay, but what are you that's going to make my life better? And Democrats are very good at like, well, they want to cut taxes. Ergo, they means they want to take away services, which makes your life worse. So you already get boxed into this corner of like, well, I'm anti-taxes. So then the Democrats say, well, that means you're anti-government services, which means it's going to hurt these people. And you want to be for hurting people. Is that what you want to be for? Uh, you know, the best example is uh, Ronald Reagan with his New Day in America speech or a Dawn in America speech, where it was four years of Jimmy Carter, really bad. Inflation was through the roof. You know, we had the Iranian hostage situation. No one respected us around the world. Sounds kind of familiar um, right now. But he had this speech about it's a new dawn in America. It's a new day. And this is where we're going to go. And people like that speech because it gave them an idea of like, I'm going to vote for this person because it's make my, my life better. And I don't think Republicans are very good at that in California. They're very good at pointing out a lot of the negatives, which there's plenty of negatives in California. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's why I started this podcast. There's a lot of negative stuff to talk about California. But I think there's also a point where you have to create a platform separate from what Democrats are saying, not just the contrarian points and say, this is what we stand for. These are our values. And this is what you would get if you voted for candidates like us. And you don't see a lot of that. You don't see a lot of candidates really pushing for better options. They just say, well, I want to be pro-business. Okay, well, how are you going to be pro-business? Uh, I'm going to lower taxes. Oh, is that like your only solution? Is you're going to lower taxes? Or I mean, that's one big part of it. Yeah, lowering taxes is one thing, but governors don't lower taxes. So what would a governor do that could be more pro-business? You know, um, you're part of the Secretary of State. You know, you run the Secretary of State. Suspend the minimum franchise corporate tax fee for your entire term. Promise to do that. You know, if you don't know what the minimum franchise tax fee is in California, if you have an LLC or a corporation, even if you don't owe taxes, you have to pay a minimum of eight hundred dollars 
to the government just to run businesses here in California, which for a lot of people scares them away from running small businesses because they're like, well, I don't want to pay $800 a year because I don't think I'm going to make that much money or I'm going to have that much money laying around at the end of the year. Um, so stuff like that, like you have to have actual policies that actually one are realistic and two that give people hope as to what's going to happen if they vote for you. And that's the one thing about the, the Republicans right now is they're very good at complaining. They're very good at kind of just like sitting around being contrarian. Um, do, do, do money talks enough of us do schools will need to listen Let's see. Pull your kids. I know single working mothers that can do it. it can be done. Um, if you want to talk to this on Camille Bethany is on here right now. She's, she knows a lot about homeschooling, so you can, you need to have a damn vision. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, Zach. Thank you. Um, but anyways, I was saying Camille Bethany has, you want to DM her about homeschooling and you're interested in it, reach out to her. Uh, are refunds in the FEC reports refunds that donors have requested back from candidate? Um, it depends on who they're going to. Sometimes there's refunds um, to the candidates. Yeah, you can request for your money back. Um, sometimes they pay themselves back money that they may have loaned in. Is it true that because California is still in a state of emergency, our schools will continue to get funding regardless of kids being absent? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen that. They might be kind of marshalling a lot of resources to keep schools open. Um, I don't know where that money is going to come from, but either way, it's going to be a pain in the butt to their emergency stockpile of money if a lot of people start pulling their kids and taking that money with them. I'm not him or her won't work here in California. We need to have a clear and specific vision. Yeah, Zach's nailing it. That's that's exactly it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Reagan sent the Vaccine Injury Act. Um, well, never said Reagan was a perfect president. I'm just saying he had a good speech. That's why we need someone with some level of experience tired of the sweet talking from candidates. Well, that's why it is important to... Um, that's why it's important also to find someone who knows what they're talking about. And to find someone who is actually well versed in how California government works, because it's not it's not easy. There's a lot of departments, there's a lot of regulations, and if you don't really understand how California government works, you could walk in day one and be absolutely steamrolled. Um, it's kind of like why people were pushing for Larry Elder. I was like, hey, you know, he could get in. I don't think he's going to do much anyway. Mostly because he has he's a smart guy, but he doesn't really know how California government works. He doesn't know the inner workings of it. He doesn't know what levers to pull to get his agenda accomplished. Plus, he was only would have been there for like a year anyway. So um, I had to pay one hundred twenty five dollars just to renew my tax exempt for my small business. I started my small business, but haven't made one dollar, but I owe eight hundred dollars. Yeah, that's stuff like that. Like, you know, it, it, it's definitely stuff like that that. As governor, you could potentially it's it's a government, it's an executive agency, the secretary of state that collects eight hundred dollar corporation fees. You may sit there and go, eh, it's not a big deal. But for a lot of small businesses, that's a big deal, you know, and if we're sitting on an enormous surplus that we like to brag about. Wouldn't it be nice to give small businesses who are recovering from a pandemic a nice little eight hundred dollar you know, break every year that they don't have to pay. Like once people get used to it and it's that sort of slippery slope of like, well, once people get used to it, if you get a Republican governor in there, right. Who goes, I'm going to suspend the corporate tax for four years during my administration. Now, all of a sudden at the end of four years, people have gotten used to it. They've gotten to a couple cycles of, I don't have to pay this $800. And now you have someone else who's coming back and say, well, I'm going to put that back in place. Once you get rid of it, it might be hard to get put it back in place because there's going to be a lot of business owners who go, I, I kind of like not having to pay $800 every year, whether or not I made money or not. And then all of a sudden you put that other person in a hard spot and they may just abandon it altogether. Um, so that's sort of the realistic approaches and solutions that politicians who are running for office really have to kind of talk th- that they kind of have to put out there. They can't just be like, well, we're, we're pro lower taxes. Cool. Everyone's lowered pro lower taxes. I mean, there's only a handful of people who are pro like more taxes, um, but most people are pro lower taxes. 
Do we really have a surplus if our retirement costs are so underfunded? Yeah, that's another thing I've brought up plenty of times is um, how can we brag about having a surplus when we have over a trillion dollar in unfunded pension liability? Doesn't sound like a surplus. I mean, that's like, I think the best example is like if you have $100,000 in debt and then, but you say, oh, I have $30,000 in the bank and you say, well, look at all this cash on hand I have, man, I'm doing great. Yeah, but you still have $100,000 in debt. So you don't, your net worth is really not positive. Your net worth is actually negative. So then politicians just make up uh, the problems to get people to pay the government more money, like the gas tax. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's other things that like you could suspend, you could, you could campaign on suspending that or getting rid of that. Um, you know, the governor, if he, if the governor can suspend it, not suspend it, but what's he trying to do? Oh, he's trying to, to, he's putting off the increase for this year. Very nice of him to put off the increase for this year. Um, he could just suspend it. He could just say, Oh, I'm not going to, we're just going to not do the gas tax for a year. We have such a surplus. Um, that's one thing like, I, I, you know, Gavin Newsom says we have this huge surplus and these are issues that can be called out of him and say, well, if we have this enormous surplus, can we give the voters a break on the gas tax and suspend that for a year? Right. Can we give them a break on the minimum corporation franchise tax fee? Right. Um, Like, are there other things that the governor unilaterally can do to give voters a break after the pandemic and after getting past all of this? Those are good questions. Those are a lot of good questions and and wondering, you know, can they do it? Is it true? There are a lot of excess lawyers in in California. What's your experience like? Um, I don't, you know, Everyone says there's a lot of lawyers in California. Um, it is the toughest test and it's the toughest bar in the entire country to pass. I think it used to be not so much anymore. They lowered the score. Uh, it used to be 1440 to pass. Now it's 1390. Um, and I promise I won't look down on anyone who passed at 1390 as opposed to me who had to pass 1440. Um, but that's besides the point. Uh, them lowering the score brings in more attorneys they're trying to pass this new thing. This is getting completely off topic, but I think it's interesting. They're trying to pass with the California bar a special licensing where you're not an attorney, but you can do certain legal things like you like paralegals. If you know what a paralegal is, you can like fill out paperwork and you can do like smaller cases and you won't charge as much or something like that. Um, so I, I don't know if there's an excess of attorneys. There's probably too many. Yeah, I mean, the competition's stiff. It's it's a lot of people out here fighting for the same clients. Um, but there's good attorneys and there's bad attorneys, and, and you got to be careful out there. So, you know, the bad attorneys usually wash out after a while because they can only con so many people. And the good attorneys stick around because they're doing the right thing and they have good clients and people review them. And they don't get reported to the bar. So, um, all right. Got a minute left. If there's any final thoughts tomorrow night, we're going to have Mark Mauser on. Uh, he is running for U.S. Senate. Uh, he'll be talking about his run for the Senate. I don't know which senator he's challenging or if it's going to be someone to vacant seat, but we'll talk to him about that. But he'll be on tomorrow night. The Cole Bricado is up on audio. Sorry, it took a little bit longer than usual. I uh, was running up against a trip, so I didn't have time to edit it and post it, but I would highly suggest if you are someone who likes to listen on audio, uh, check out Cole Bricado's interview. It was very interesting. Cole's a, Cole's a really cool guy. Um, I like his slogan, just vote bro. Um, I think he's he's got a lot of great points. We talked a lot about voting with your values and how Republicans can push more of the values rather than just kind of the facts and stuff that bores people. Um, so I definitely check that out. Tomorrow night is... Senator, U.S. Senator, Senate candidate, Mark Mauser. Um, and as always, Wednesday morning, 9 a.m., um, Coffee in California Politics, where we sit, we chat, we talk about California politics. And more videos will be coming out this year. It's an election year, so there'll be more deep dives into stuff like that, into different candidates, more vetting candidates and like that, and people who are running. And uh, 
that's basically it. So yeah, thanks everyone for hopping on and I will see you on the next one. All right, later. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 